Welcome to the RSV podcast. This Parshas Vayera Tavshin Pei Gimel. This week's podcast, How to Become Friends with a Crocodile, is dedicated in memory of Avram and Shimshon Akoyan, Zeichel Bracha, Abraham Goldfader, whose Yaraseid is Chav Tevis, by my cousins Carol and Shlemy Blisko, who did so much for A.B. Goldfader. Sponsorships are 180 U.S. or 200 Canadian, with both U.S. and Canadian receipts available. There's a word in this week's parsha that I'd like to analyze, a bit of an unusual word, a word that you don't see much, and that word is Tzvardea. We're accustomed to translating Tzvardea to mean frog, which makes sense and that resonates in our minds, but the word is still curious, because the word seems to have a five-letter root, Tzvardea. Sadi, Pei, Reish, Dalid, Ayin. And that's very uncommon. Hebrew word roots are two or three letters, usually three. You really don't see five-letter roots. You don't see much of four. You certainly don't see five. What is this? This leads to the assumption, this question leads to the assumption that this word isn't one word, but it's rather two. It's not one freestanding noun, but it's a compound of two different words. And indeed, in Lashon HaKodesh, you have many compound words. It comes up all the time. And so, travel ahead to Yeshaya, Perek Tesh, you'll see the word Be'eretz in the land, Tzal Mavitz. What is Tzal Mavitz? Five letters. Tzal, Tzal would be shadow. Mavitz, death, shadow of death. Or a simple common word, Eifo, Eifo Heim we want to find out where Yosef's brothers are. A for Hamrayim, where are they? A, we are Pi, where is that place? Two words that merge into one. Now, if that's the case, Tzvardei is a compound word formed out of two words. And those two words would be Tzipor, which would mean bird, Da, or Dea, which would mean knowledge. Now, what does that have to do with Tzvardei? We're accustomed to thinking that Tzvardim were frogs. What do frogs have to do with birds? To answer this question, to go ahead and back up this idea that Svardeya is indeed a compound word, we have to go ahead and take a different look at what Svardeya really were. And to do that, we'll look at the Rebbein of Bachya and many, many other Rishonim, who say that Svardeya, that Svardim, weren't frogs, but they were actually crocodiles, which makes this a much more vicious plague. Indeed, the Rebbein of Bachya tells us these Tzvardim, these things, frogs, or crocodiles will remain behind in the Nile. Well, what is this? To him, according to his perspective, it's a threat. We're talking about Altmasa, that's some type of Arabic word. Crocodile, the actual crocodiles. Yaitzil Svasanar, it leaves the river. Bolea Mashamotse, it swallows what it finds. Sometimes two or three people. And you can't go ahead and spear it or strike it or stab it because it has some type of armor on its body. It's the crocodile. Indeed, this makes a lot of sense. We know the Madrashim that tell us that the plague struck Egypt, but the plagues also struck the Egyptian gods. And indeed, the crocodile was some type of Egyptian god. Sobek, it was some type of Egyptian deity, had a human body with a crocodile head. It was meant to ward off plagues from the Nile. 
water for attacks by crocodiles. But this was an Egyptian god, and the plagues, the Mako, struck the Egyptian gods. This would resonate beautifully if the Nile was struck because it's a god, and the Tzvardim were struck because they were god. And Kinem as well, but that's another discussion. Well, so we're retranslating Tzvardeya. We're saying that Tzvardim weren't frogs, they were crocodiles. Okay, Rabbi Nabachi, many other Rishonim say this. But how does this explain the Tziporda? We said that crocodile, Tzvardim, it's a compound word. What does the bird have to do with this? To answer this, all you have to do is travel to Egypt or look at ancient history books, and they all talk about the same thing. A situation that existed in Egypt back then, a situation that exists in Egypt right now. Check the Encyclopedia Britannica, and it tells you about the crocodilus bird, the plover bird, a very, very odd bird. A bird that perches itself on top of the crocodile's head, and it nourishes itself, it feeds itself by placing its head inside the crocodile's mouth and eating little parasites, worms that are caught between the crocodile's teeth. Crocodiles have lots of teeth, there are lots of parasites, they're uncomfortable, they don't go to the dentist, the dentist comes to them, the bird places itself on the crocodile's head, and it eats those little things that are caught between the crocodile's teeth. Well, we've got the tzpor, the crocodile was identified by the bird on its head. Why was it da? Why was it daya? That makes so much sense might be because it's a really smart bird to be able to go ahead and place yourself on top of the crocodile, place your head inside the crocodile's mouth, and emerge unscathed. You've got to be really, really smart. You could be a tzipordea, tzipordea, a smart bird. Or, more likely, certainly as likely, it might not be talking about the wisdom of the bird. It might be talking about the wisdom of the humans who see this bird. Crocodiles were dangerous, and they were very hard to see. They're low-lying, they're this murky, greenish, darkish green color that sort of blends into the Nile or the, or the area near the Nile. Very hard to see and very dangerous. <coughs> but a bird perched on the crocodile's head is much easier to see, which makes the crocodile less dangerous. And so... Even today, in Egypt, certainly back then in Egypt, this is documented both by encyclopedias today, and Herodotus, who spoke about what Egyptian life was back many, many centuries ago, more than 1,500 years ago, talks about crocodiles with birds on their head, birds that were called Tsvar Da Tsipordea, because they themselves were knowledgeable birds, or they provided knowledge to us about where crocodiles were. There's a lesson here. A lesson, of course, about what might have happened then, but more so a lesson about what happens now. What happened then in Egypt, what continues to happen in Egypt is, is that crocodiles are ferocious, and they're dangerous, and they attack, and they kill anything and everything. But these birds, these poor, weak little birds that are really defenseless, have the capacity to plunk themselves on the crocodile's heads, place their heads inside the crocodile's mouths, and they're safe. And why are they safe? Because they define themselves, they peg themselves as friends. And you don't hurt a friend. When you're a crocodile's friend, you really don't hurt that friend. And so the crocodiles don't hurt them because the birds go ahead and define themselves as friends. And they end up doing something really, really good for the crocodile. 
And the crocodile is really something good for them. The crocodile gives them nutrition and a place, and they're safe. And of course, it's about those birds then and about those birds now. But it's also about us. All of us have crocodiles. All of us have difficult people. People who have bad tempers. People who snap. People who are dangerous. People who lie in ambush. All of us deal with people like that. In the family, in the community, in shul, at work. That's the human condition. They are very, very difficult people. But we have to deal with them. How do we deal with them? What do we do? How do we solve these problems? How do we create positive relationships? One trick doesn't always work, but it usually works, is to go ahead and become the crocodile's friend. Place ourselves on the crocodile's head, but in a positive way. Provide some type of help, some type of sustenance. Do something for the crocodile. And when we do nice things for crocodiles, quite likely, not always, but more often than not, those crocodiles will define us as friends. And once we're friends, suddenly we're not people that the crocodiles are going to attack. They might be friendly back to us. Who knows? Maybe like the crocodiles then and like the crocodiles now, our crocodiles will provide a perch, a place for us to be, nourishment, things for us to eat, place, space, good things. Do good things to other people. More likely, often than not, they will do good things back to you. It's a message, a message to carry forth for this week, a message to carry forth every week. Good Shabbos, looking forward to coming together again next week.